0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message.
1: Lord, why do we come to the house of God? Is it is it because of duty? Is it because our parents make us? Or is it because we want to experience the fellowship of the saints together? Is it because we want to experience your delight in worship? Or is it also because we want to hear the apostolic teaching? Your word says that the Bible, that the church grew because they were under the apostles' doctrine. It was teaching. It was teachings, biblical teachings, that the early church was under every day that caused them to grow exponentially. So let us desire the word. Not just the milk of the word. Let us desire the meat of your word. So today, anoint my brother, my friend, Pastor Keith, our associate pastor of this house. I pray that you anoint him with fire, with a now word. Because your word is living and powerful, two-edged sword. And we receive your word today in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor George. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I think I have something to say. So, um, this message actually came to me when I was um, in Germany. Some of you may know or may not know, uh, the middle to the end of December of last year, I was in Germany with my daughter. She was um, going through some treatments, medical treatments, so... Me and my wife decided that I would go there and be with her for about three weeks. So that's what I did. When I got there, you know, um, I was like, okay, so what do I do now? I'm in Germany. I'm with her, and I was spending time with her. But when I wasn't, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what am I going to do? The TV is not on. I can't watch my shows and all of this. And I, I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? I'm like, Chancia, what, you get this. see if you can get this channel. See if you can get that channel. See if you can get this channel. See if you can watch this. Hey, there's a game coming on. I don't care that it's 3 o'clock in the morning over here. I want to watch it. And then the next morning, the Lord said, mm-hmm. See how caught up you are in things that have nothing to do with me? Yeah, I hear you. And as time went along, I found myself spending more time with the Lord. I found myself just putting on some music while my daughter was at work And just really just just allowing and digging into the word. And the thing that, the the passage of scripture that came to me, and I'm going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to focus on four verses. The passage of scripture came out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And there's a portion, and I think it's verse 16, where he says, come out from among them and be separate. And I meditated on the word, that word, the rest of the time I was there. What does that look like? What does that mean when he says, Come out from among them and be separate? So, my message is be separate unto Jesus. Chapter six, and forgive me, there's really no notes unless you want to go to the app and get them. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm not the consummate preparer of this kind of stuff. I work behind the scenes like my wife, my beautiful wife. She's always challenging me by the things that she does. So, But I want to read this whole chapter to you because I want you to get a glimpse of what Paul is saying to the church at Corinth. And in the Message Bible, it reads like this. Companions, we are in this work with you. We beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. God reminds us, I heard your call in the nick of time. The day you needed me, I was there to help. Well, now is the right time to listen. The day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. People are watching us. We stay at our post alertly, unswervingly, in hard times, tough times. Without eating, with pure heart, clear head, steady hand, in gentleness, holiness, and honest love. When we are telling the truth and when God's showing his power. When we're doing our best, setting things right. When we're praised and when we're blamed. Slandered and honored. True to our word, though distrusted. Ignored by the world, but recognized by God. Terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead. Beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die. Immersed in tears, yes, always filled with deep joy. Living on handouts yet enriching many, having nothing, having it all. Dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to open, to enter this wide open spacious life we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but they're living, but you're living in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can, and with great affection, open up your lives, live openly and expansively. So when I read through this, God is speaking something. Paul is saying something to the Corinthian church, and it goes on in these last four verses that I want to read. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. God puts himself in this way. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Live it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I will be father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. The word of the master God. So before I get into the meat of my message, I want to lay this foundation. So Paul penned these words. This was one of three letters. Only two of them are recorded. But there were actually three letters that Paul wrote and part of the reason why he wrote this letter is because there was some backsliding and there were those who were against him and against what he was trying to establish in the church at Corinth. Now, he's not speaking to the world. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the body of Christ in that city called Corinth. And, and so when we see, read this letter... First of all, if you heard, he's defending his ministry. He's saying, no, I'm not chucking and jiving here. I'm doing what God has told me to do. I am trying to partake and and, and impart in you something that's going to help you, something that's going to build you, something that's going to give you liberty and freedom in your life. And so this is what Paul is saying, and he lays this out, and he's telling the church about the benefits if they live according to what he's speaking, according to what he's preaching. He's telling them that that we're being faithful, regardless of our situation. Just like Pastor George said a few minutes ago, regardless of your situation or circumstance, regardless of the trials or the tribulations you're going through, Paul said, we're faithful. We're going to remain faithful. We're not backing up. We're not backing down. We're not sitting down. We're not shutting up. We're going to continue to do what the Lord is telling us to do. And so I want to go back and focus on four verses in 2 Corinthians 14 through 18, but I'm going to read them in the New King James Version this time. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Bilal? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So when we look at those four verses, the first thing that we see is that we should not be yoked with unbelievers. Now, I'm going to show you a picture of a yoke, all right? You can put that picture up. This is what a yoke looks like. It is a device that puts two animals, primarily they used it for animals, and they used it primarily for oxen. And to plow the fields. But you see you can see here this device joins them together. It links them together. And what is important about that, if one goes one way, the other's gonna go that same way. They have no choice. And so therefore, he's saying, Do not be yoked up with unbelievers. In Leviticus 19:19. Uh, 19, 19, he says this, he is saying to them, You must obey all my decrees. Do not make two different kinds of animals. Do not plant your fields with two different kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven from two different types of thread. So if he's saying that about animals, about clothing, and about plants, how much more is he saying that to us about who we are and about who we are joining with? To be yoked means to be linked or united with someone who is not a follower of Jesus Christ. And I say that intentionally, not a follower of Jesus Christ, because we oftentimes use the word unbeliever, and we can use that in the context of where we are right now. But out in the street, unbeliever could be anything, or a believer could be a believer in Buddha, a believer in Islam, a believer in Hare Krishna, a believer in this and that. So I'm talking about those who are not following Jesus Christ I want to make it plain to you out there see let's not tiptoe around let's make it plain so they understand the God we serve we're not talking about some God out there we're not talking about some liturgy we're talking about the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob that's who we're talking about he says, "Do not be linked up with them, not joining in idol practices with those who worship other gods." See, and from time to time, I'm talking to people, particularly younger people that's not married yet. Said, "Quit missionary dating." Quit trying to convert somebody that you're talking about you want to be with. Wait until they converted and then you can be with them. Because... Oftentimes, more times than not, what I've seen is you're messing with somebody out there that's in the world that don't care about God, that ain't seeking after God, and more times than not, they draw you there rather than you drawing them in. And why is that so? Because there's a sin nature that we're born with, and it's still warring against your spirit, man. And the world feeds us more we're fed more on our daily basis by media of what the world wants, not what God wants. Look at your look at your channels. Look at all the channels there. Huh? H B O Send to the Max. Uh, you got all of these channels that they're giving you and they're trying to sell you. Oh, you, we can give you this package and you got sin to the max all night long and you got all of this and you got HBO and you got this lifetime and all lifetime is talking about women and men killing each other and, and, and going crazy. And then you got one or two Christian channels in there. See? So what I'm saying is that we are not to be linked up. Don't be talking about, I'm going to marry I think he's going to come around. I think she's going to come around. We're going to get married. Uh-uh, they ain't coming around. If they haven't come around before you got married, they ain't going to come around after you get married. So quit trying to change them. Now, I want to say something to those who are already married when both of y'all were sinners. Don't mean you can just up and divorce them because now you come to the Lord. All right? There's a word for that too in 1 Corinthians. See me after service, I'll show you. You can't be divorcing somebody just because you're now a believer and they're still an unbeliever. All right? You're supposed to sanctify the home. You're supposed to be the strong one, so be strong in your home. So what we're saying is that we're talking about not being hooked up. Same way with business partners. I had a gentleman call me about a year ago, good friend of mine. He says, "I, I got a business opportunity. I said, okay. I said, so you know more about business than I do. Why are you calling me? He said, because this person is not a believer. I said, bro. I said, I don't know nothing about business, but I know something about believers and unbelievers. I said, at some point in time, y'all going to have to make some decisions about your business and the way you go operate your business and the direction of your business. And if he is your partner, there's going to be a dividing point. And he said, okay, well, thank you for that information. Well, he tried it out. Wasn't even a month, and he said, I had to let it go. Why? Because he was trying to take me in a direction that wasn't honoring God. Who are your friends? Huh? Who are your friends? Some of y'all are still hanging with the boys or the girls that don't believe in God. They're not in the body of Christ. And you're saying, well, this is my best friend. Maybe it used to be your best friend before you came to the Lord. But I have some questions about how they can remain your best friend now that you are in the Lord. See, the Bible is trying to get us and trying to help us. It says, stop partnering people who are without faith. And I hear a lot of people saying, well, I believe in God. I said, I don't see no fruit. If I don't see no fruit in you, I doubt that you believe in God. You might believe in him that will believe in God. But are you serving him? That's what I want to know. You see what the Bible says is that there should be fruit. That's evident in your life when you're serving God. So just because somebody, hey, I'm gonna tell y'all a little secret. Back when I first became a believer, I was sitting right like y'all, sitting out in the church, all right? But I wasn't sitting there for Jesus. No way. I was looking for me a honey. I was like, hmm, let me peep over this congregation and see what I can see. But God had another plan for me that day. See, I got something for you, bro. You think you're coming in one way, but you're going out another way. So not everybody, what I'm saying to you is not everybody that say they're a Christian are a Christian. Judge them by their... All right. And I ain't talking about apples and oranges either. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So that's the way you want to judge them. So he says... Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. I hope y'all get the picture here. The second thing he says here is he says, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? Now, the word fellowship is friendly association, especially with people who share one interest. Who share one interest. Righteousness and lawlessness does not share the same interest. And so what he's saying is to have fellowship. Where are you spending your time? Who are you spending your time with? What are you spending your time involved in? If it's darkness, get away from it. What he's saying is, don't, don't spend all your time. Don't uh, have all your associations with things that are not drawing you towards Christ, but are drawing you away from Christ. We got to understand that the Bible is trying to help us. The world around us would tell us it's trying to keep us from something that we want to enjoy. The Bible's saying, I'm trying to keep you from something that will destroy. That's what the Bible says. And so what I say here, and, I, and I'm standing here before you, where are you spending your time? Because light and darkness are polar opposites. If you walk into a room and you fit on the lights, guess what? The darkness is gone. But if you turn off the lights, the darkness remains. So you can't have light and darkness in the same place. So quit trying to hang out in the darkness, quit trying to hang out, huh, you can turn off the lights at night and put on those movies that you ain't supposed to be watching, but the light still sees through the darkness, God is still watching you, what I'm saying. So what I'm saying to you is that you need to be careful about where you're spending your time, how you're spending your time, and who you're spending your time with. That word friend, we use it a lot. But what I want to let you know is you can be friendly to somebody without them being your friend. Okay? I'm friendly with a lot of people. I'm friendly to a lot of people, but they are not my friend. In order for you to be somebody's friends, y'all have to share something in common. In order to be somebody's friend, you got to have something in common. In order to be somebody's friend, see a friend, is the Bible says a friend will stick closer than a brother. Yeah. When you go to your friends for advice about something that's deeply disturbing to you or deeply challenging you, what kind of advice are they going to give you? If they're walking in darkness, that's what the, that's where the advice is going to take you. If they're walking in the light, that's where the advice is going to take you. And so we have to be careful. The third thing that he says, he says, what communion has light with darkness? The third thing that he says is what accord has Christ with Belial, the devil? That's another name for the devil. Okay, that word means worthless. That's what the word means. When you look it up in the concordance, it means worthless. It means without work, without faith. And so, what he's asking us today is he saying what Jesus is not going to be here walking holding hands with the devil so why are you doing it why are you watching shows that have all type of satanic overtones in it half the movies and the cartoons people who have little children don't sit your kids in front of the TV and walk away from them watch and see what they're watching because a lot of what they're watching has uh, 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 satanic stuff written into it. It's all over the place. You don't have to. You don't have to dig for it. It's all around you. It's all around you. Just look around you. And what the Bible is saying is that you should not be walking in those places. You should not be spending time in those places. You should not be uh, hanging around those kind of situations. Because they're in conflict with where you we're trying to go, see? They're in conflict. They're not going where we're trying to go. They're not taking us where we're trying to be. They're not uh, resembling the types of things that we want to put inside of us. Because what you put inside of us will come out of us. And what are you ingesting? The question becomes... What kind of music are you listening to? Are you listening to music that uplifts the Lord, or are you listening to something that's talking about destroying things? What are you listening to? Huh? You can fool me, but you can't fool him. What are you reading? Are you reading love stories, or are you reading crud stories? Hmm? What are you reading? What are you ingesting on a daily basis? What are you watching? What kind of TV shows, what kind of movies? This is what the God is saying. When he's talking about come out from among them and be separate, he's talking about what are you doing with your life? How are you living your life? What are the things that you are uh, spending your time in? What are the things that you're spending your time around? What he's asking for you. Are you spending your time in the things that Jesus is all about? Or are you spending your time in the things that Satan is all about? Where are you spending your time? I know some of you say, well, that's a boring life. It don't have to be boring. It don't have to be boring. The world will tell you it's boring, but I have a lot of fun. As y'all saw, we're going to have a Super Bowl party. And some of y'all, come on out. We can still enjoy life, but you enjoy it the right way, not the wrong way. You don't have to indulge in darkness in order to enjoy life. Don't you? Let me tell you something about joy. Joy is something that flows up from the inside. It is the fruit of the Spirit. So you don't have to do something to have joy. You just got to be something and allow something to happen inside of you to have joy. Because joy doesn't come from the outside. It wells up from the inside. It is released by the Holy Spirit. So I can be sitting in the midst of trouble all around me. You see, when I went to Germany, I didn't go there for a happy time. I didn't go there for a vacation. I went there to support my daughter because she was about to start chemotherapy. But we had some joy. Oh, yeah. We had some joy. Why? Because joy comes from within, see. Joy is something that you carry around with you all the time. If you have the Holy Spirit, like Pastor George said, that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead then you have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Some of y'all need to learn how to tap into that joy when you're going through hardship, when you're going through difficulty. Some of y'all need to know how to step into the joy that's already inside of you and let it well up inside of you. And people go look at you, Lord. Oh, my goodness. How can they smile when they're going through that? You know? I told Pastor George the other day, I said, I'm glad I'm not you. I said, I don't know how you do it, bro. But you show up and you show out. I said, you preach the word. You have a smile on your face. And I don't know. I said, he didn't put that on me. Because, you know, I'd probably be like, oh, no, Jesus, take it off. But God is not going to put on you more than what you can bear. It may, it may seem hard sometimes. It may make your knees wobble a little bit. But with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, you can handle it. Oh, he wouldn't put it on you. Or he wouldn't allow it to be put on you. That doesn't mean that you got to like it. But you can be able to continue to function even though you have it. And I admire him because he is still functioning. He is still showing up. He is still delivering the word of God. He's still leading the ship even though he's going through all kinds of trouble in this life. So what I'm saying to you. Quit walking around with your head down. Quit looking for joy and tap into the joy. The next thing he said was he said that what agreement has the temple of God with idols? And in Exodus chapter 20, I'm going to read this to y'all. Y'all need to know this. Those of y'all who who never go to the Old Testament, go to the Old Testament. Because God hasn't changed. You see, we we quote that. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All you got to do is read the Old Testament, compare it with the New Testament, and you'll find out that that is true. And in the Old Testament, in chapter 20 of Exodus, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any in an idol or any of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters, you shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. I'm going to stop right there. He is zealous, but he's also jealous for us. He says, I want you all to myself. He says that I don't want you to be in agreement. And agreement means In the absence of incompatibility between two things, consistency. That's what it's talking about. He said, I don't want you to have anything to do with idols. So what is an idol? Those things that take your time away from him. And I found out one of my idols was sports. I was in Germany. He said, That's an idol. He said, You so frustrated because you can't watch a little game, but yet still you're not frustrated that you can't spend more time with me. I wanted to say, shut your mouth, but I can't say that to the Lord. Because he's the boss. I had to just take it because he was right. And it's not that the game was bad. It's just that the game was taking, pulling me away from pursuing after him. And so I'm going to ask you today, what is pulling you and, and causing you to not pursue him? You know? What is it that's drawing you away from God? And I'm talking about more than just one hour. We think we're doing something because we get up in the morning. We say, I did my devotion today. I spent an hour with the Lord. Well, what are you doing with the other 23 hours? Mm -hmm. You spend one hour with Him and, and 12 hours with the world. Something wrong with that. God is saying, I want all of you. Paul, that's why Paul said, Pray without ceasing. He wasn't talking about just stopping and always being on you. He said, "Ever have God on your mind?" And when I'm talking about praying, you shut up sometimes and listen to Him sometimes. That's prayer too. When we're talking, and we we think prayer is always sitting down and saying, "Oh my God, this is what I want to do for you. I got my list out here. I want you to do this, 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 this." Amen. Woo, I had a good time praying with the Lord today. The Lord said, I didn't get a word in edgewise." And you, oh, by the way, you never asked me what I want. You never asked me what delights your heart. Huh? And I think sometimes the Lord looks at us and says, I'm not a genie in a bottle. I'm the Lord God Almighty. And I've been, I've, been, I've been the last few months, what's been on my heart in, in my prayer time is saying, God, what do you want from me? When I wake up in the morning and I sit down, before I pull my list out, I say, show me your list. What is it that you desire of me? Because you put breath in my body today because you have something you want me to accomplish today. You didn't just put breath in my body so I can say I'm alive again. You didn't just heal my body so I can say I'm alive again. There's a purpose for it. You see, when he brought the people out of Egypt, he didn't just bring them out of Egypt to free them from bondage. He said, I brought you out so you can worship me. So my question today is, and I know this is not a hoopla jumping out message, but his question today is, what are you doing for him? Why should he put breath in your body? Why should he put breath in your body tomorrow morning? What are you going to do for him? And that's what the Lord is saying to us. He says it's time to rise up. He says, I'm a jealous guy. I want all of you, not part of you. I don't want me to be divided between things. And so when the Lord showed me that, I, I had to step back. And I had to say to myself, God. And we ask God, why aren't, you, why aren't you anointing me more? I want to be able to heal people. I want to be able to cast out devils. I want to be able to do all of these things that I see other people doing. But yet and still, you're not spending any time asking the Lord, what is it that you want me to do? You're not spending any time asking the Lord, how do you want to grow me up? How are you going to make me up? How are you going to build me up so that you can trust me? With a greater amount. so Because the Lord says, if you are not faithful in the little things, I'm not going to trust you with the big things. You see, in Luke, it says, if you are faithful over the little things, I will make you faithful. And another thing about that, he said, if you are not faithful in that which is another man's, who will give to you your own? How many of you are faithful to this house, huh? If you call this your house, if you say that you are part of the family of God, are you faithful? And I ain't talking about do you show up on Sunday? How are you helping us? Oh, yeah, I went there. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to go there. How are you helping us? Have you put your hand to the plow on anything? There are a lot of things that we would like to accomplish, but we, we need you. When I was coming out of high school, they had a sign of a guy with a hat on. He had the flag on him. He says, I'm looking for you. He said. Oh, Uncle Sam. Yeah, we called him Uncle Sam. He had his finger pointed. I'm looking for you. See? And God is saying, I want you. I want you to help my body accomplish what I've given them to do. I want you to show up. For those little kids. I want you to show up. When the greeters need somebody. I want you to show up. When the when we want to go out and evangelize the neighborhood. I want you to show up. But in order to show up. First you got to grow up. I want you to show up. For R2G. I want you to show up. For the men. I want you to show up for the prophetic. I want you to show up. I want you to show up for Bible study. I want you to show up. Because I have need of you. You see Paul says, I've finished the race. Huh? I did I've kept the faith. In other words, what he's saying, I've done what God has told me to do. He said, therefore now slay it up a crown of righteousness for me. So, Paul was saying to, what Paul was saying is, look, God is not going to let anything happen to me. He's not going to let me die until I finish doing what he's called me to do. And that's for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us. Now, the, the last part that I want to get to is, he says, come out from among them and be separate. God wants us to be distinguishable from the world. Come out from among them and be separate. See, when I put on this jacket, people know I mean business. You say, oh, yeah, he didn't just come to be at church. No, oh, oh, he got on a jacket today. He coming to do something. How many people in your sphere of life know that you are a Christian? Not by what you say, but by who you are, by how you dress. Huh? Are you dressing for success? And what I mean by that is not the success that the world talks about. Talking about you dressing in a way. First, you gotta dress yourself inwardly, and then it reflects itself outwardly. You see, when we dress ourselves, when we put off the old man and put on Christ, then something inside of us is different. And when we walk around and when we're around people, people sense that something different about you. You don't have to tell somebody you're a Christian. Just be a witness. And people will know who you are. But by the way, we dress too. How are we dressing? Are we dressing in modest apparel? mm mm-hmm. Or are we dressing for, hmm, I want somebody to look at me. Huh? I'm being real. Because I see people stepping up in church sometimes and I'm like, ooh. Are you new? Because if you're new to Christ, I'm going to accept you as the way you are. But God says to accept you the way you are, but don't stay as you are. So if you're growing up, if it's 20 years later and you're still dressing like that, I'm going to say, baby, you need to grow up. And it shows in how we carry ourselves. It shows there. Second thing he says he wants us to be distinguishable from the world in how we speak. If you still laying out those four letter words Scripture says put away profane and vain speech. And don't don't keep don't keep don't I don't want to hear this twenty years later. I don't want to hear this ten years later. I don't want to hear this five years later. I don't want to even hear this two years later. I can't control my tongue. Yes, you can, because the Holy Spirit in you can control it. From the time I was a little tight, I had a mouth like a sailor. I remember my mom telling me that my grandfather said that boy is going to be a preacher. And before he could get the words out of his mouth, one of my aunts came around and your son around there cussing everybody out. My mom said, you missed it, Pop. You missed it, Pop. But you know what? When I really gave my life to Christ, all that left. I can express my way. I can express myself and I don't need to use those kind of words. Even when I'm angry, I, I don't need to go because I know how to express myself, even in anger. So, the way you speak, what are you talking about to people? Are you always talking about the latest this, the latest that, or does Christ ever come out of your mouth? Huh? You see, the world sees you the most, they see your distinguishing points the most when you are in social settings. When you're in here, they expect you to talk about Jesus. They expect you to act like Jesus. But when you're out there in those social settings, when you're out there in that work environment, what's coming out of your mouth? When somebody tells you that my life is going wrong and I got this going on and I got this going on and my marriage is not good, are you saying, baby, you need to just leave him because he ain't treating you right? Or are you going to speak the word are you going to speak the word are you going to speak truth are you going to say well honey let me pray for you hmm? instead of rushing oh where's the bottle of Tylenol huh where's that before you go to Tylenol go to Jesus I'm saying something to you It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to be the church. It's time for us to come out from among them and be separate. Yeah, I'm peculiar. Yeah, I'm different. I'm supposed to be that way. I'm not mad at y'all. I'm just getting hyped up. We're supposed to be different. You are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. Quit walking with your head down. Lift up your head. Walk like you the king's kid. Talk like you're the king's kid. Act like you're the king's kid. Somebody get on your nerves. Quit giving them a piece of your mind. Give them the mind of Christ. My mind ain't got nothing to say to him that's going to be beneficial. I just want to give him a piece of my mind. Oh, oh, hold up. How about let this mind be in you? That was also in Christ Jesus. Worship team, you can come on up. God wants us to be distinguishable from the world in our actions and our behaviors. What do you act like? What are your behaviors like? Are you the best worker at work? Huh? Are you the best worker at your job? Are you the one that's doing, that shows up early and leaves a little late? Are you the one that puts your all in all into you? Huh? Huh? Are you the one that is trying your best to do your best? This is what distinguishes us from the world. Are you the one out there complaining and murmuring at your job like everybody else? Huh? You see, God says, I want you to be different. In your neighborhood, are you the one that's willing to help your neighbor? Are you the willing the one that's willing to show some kindness? Are you the willing that's willing to do something without payment or without uh, a thanks? Are you the one that's praying for your neighborhood? Oops, praying for my neighborhood? What you talking about? Yes, praying for your neighborhood. You're supposed to be doing this. Thing. These are the things that distinguish us. When somebody walks into your home, do they sense the spirit of God in your house? We've had people walk in our house, and they go, and they stop, just like people walk in this house. and they stop. I've had contractors, they walk in, they go, all right, I'm smiling on the inside, and I'm like, oh, what's up? He said, oh, man, there's something different about this place. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be different. When they walk into your house, do they sense something different? It's supposed to be different. When you walk into a room, is it different? Do you make it different? Do you carry the Spirit of God with you in such a way that people see a difference in you? people see and know that you are totally devoted to God. I'm trying to help you. It's time for us to look at our lives and say, "What am I doing with my life? Am I distinguishable from the world around me? Do people know when they look at me? Do people know when they are around me? Do people know when they're engaged with me, that there's something different about you. And trust me, people will know. When you're living for Jesus, people will know without you ever saying a word to them. When I was in the workforce, there was time, and I can tell you about time and time again, I was out servicing customers' equipment. talk to me. The way I would work on their equipment, things that I would do, they would say, something different about you. I've even had customers ask me, are you one of them, uh, they don't want to say it. I say, you can go ahead and say it. Are you one of those uh, Christians? Yeah, I am. Why? there's something that we carry (laughs) there's someone that we carry on the inside he says I will be your God." he said I will walk among you and I will be in you see God the Holy Spirit is inside of us and that should make us look peculiar that should allow us to carry Something that when we walk into a room, when we're in a place, when we're in conversation, when we're around people, people will say there's something different. Do your old friends and even your family say, You've changed? When they say that to you, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. When they say that to you, that's a compliment. Because what they're doing is they're noticing something that you wasn't before, that you are now. It means that you're carrying an anointing with it. Go ahead and play. So today's message is, it's time for us to come out from among them. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell them, I'm coming out, are you? Oh, don't, 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 uh, no, 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 say it like you mean it. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, I'm coming out, are you? Because that's what we need in this day. I'm tired of people talking about how bad the world is. So my question to the people now They say, well, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I say, it is, but what are you doing? Other than complaining. Have you asked God, what's my role? What do you want me to do? Because when you stand before him, the world won't be with you. You're going to be there all by yourself. He goes say, what did you do with the life that I gave you? So today I'm asking you. If you've been slacking, that's okay. If you've been holding back, that's okay. If you've been a little sidetracked, that's okay. Today is the day. Like Paul said, today is the day. Make a decision for Jesus. Make a decision to live your life. Make a decision to go all in. And I can tell you from the life that I live, and I can tell you from what I've experienced, it's fabulous. Are there hardships? Yes. Are there trials? Yes. Is there suffering? Yes. Is there sacrifice? Oh, yeah. But it's all worth it. It's all worth it. It's all worth it. I want you to stand to your feet today. I want you to ask yourself, it's 2024, it's January, and a lot of people make New Year's resolutions, and before the month is out, they've already messed it up. But I'm asking you today, are you willing and are you ready to make a decision to say I'm only for Jesus. I'm ready to step out. I'm ready to come out from among them and be separate unto God. I'm ready to give him my all and all. And when you say that, it's going to mean a few things. It's going to mean turning away from some things that you may have been used to. It's going to be meaning avail yourself to places where you can grow in Christ Bible studies and connect groups and different things and activities it's going to mean maybe changing some old relationships or some current relationships and embracing new relationships you know something that I said to my daughter I met a lot of the people that she worked around and a lot of people that she was with and I said you know what You got a lot of good people around you. And then I said this to her. But good people are not godly people. Always. Sometimes, yes, but not always. And I said, and when you come into the thick of things, you don't need good people, you need godly people. And I'm going to say to you today, if you want to really make a change, Start hanging out with some godly people. Start having more relationship with godly people. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.